to the Cock and Bull Podcast, where once a week, Nathan and I uh, have a discussion about something that is true from history, though perhaps unbelievable. Yes! Also, by the way, I didn't jump in quick enough to cut you off, I apologize, but, uh... Oh no. Uh, switcheroo round two, bitches! God damn you it. You all wanted it, you all craved it. Boop, 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 boop. Insert some, uh, some sweet, like, uh, morning radio sound effects in there for, for my switcheroo. I, I absolutely... Like my persona. Won't do I that. I am the... Okay, good, good. Just making sure. There's going to be a lot of sound effects this episode that we're going to need to do. Uh, you didn't have to do research for it, so you have to do a lot of work on the editing. Enjoy. All right. So, yeah, Daddy's back in the driver's seat due to the critical response of the first one. I just uh, which, I hate the vernacular of this one. I hate the Daddy vernacular. Mm, but you better get used to it because Daddy's, daddy's going to put you down and teach you another lesson, boy. Oh, um, God, this is wrong on all levels. It's very, very wrong. It's Fifty Shades of Wrong. Wink. We're not talking about that, though. We're going back to the Middle East because Daddy has an obsession. Woo! Yeah! Jump on the train. So, we left off in 1212 with the Children's Crusade, and we all know how that was going. It Pretty went, well. It went very, very well. Very well. We all know that that went swimmingly. Um, we're going to take a trip a little bit further east this time. Uh, all right. And we're going to start our journey with our, our gentleman named William of Rubric. Ah, our Kinda, beast in the east. All right. Our beast in the east. Now, William William was not originally from the east. William is a Flemish Franciscan monk. Uh, he, he was hmm. born in France. You don't uh, say William's not from the far east. All right. No, 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 but but we're we're starting where we start. So William William of Rubric, born twelve twenty uh, to twelve ninety three, was a Flemish Franciscan missionary and explorer. Mm, so uh, his dad could have been on the Kids Crusade. Absolutely, very likely. Again, twelve twelve to twelve twenty. You never know. And if but but if his dad was on the Kids Crusade, historically he probably died. Just statistically, he was dead. Eh, he um, could have been the one third. Could have been the one third. He could have been the one third. That right. kid's genes deserve to be passed on. You are right, and we'll see why. William of Rubric is known for his account as being one of the masterpieces of medieval geographical literature, comparable to that of Marco Polo, uh, which you guys all know from uh, the various pool games that were derived out of him. Um, no one's actually read what he wrote. It was nonsense. But that's I'm something. sorry. Hang on. Does, does, does that thing you just said mean he was, like, great at maps, or...? Uh, no. So geographic, medieval geographical literature was, in the same phrase as Marco Polo, basically, he went to a place no one had been to before and then wrote about it. Oh, Hey, okay, here's okay. geography. We haven't been this far east. We're going to go this far east. And everyone attributes that to Marco Polo and his going to see the cons. Uh, sure, William sure. of Rubric is the OG hipster version of Marco Polo. Now, uh, William, while William had a storied career, including accompanying Louis IX on the Seventh Crusade, uh, now, we're skipping a couple crusades, obviously, after the kids' crusade, but seventh crusade. Uh, Louis instructed his, his good Franciscan missionary to, uh, to head east and make contact with the Tartars. Now, the Tartars are what uh, everyone in the West referred to as the, you know, the Mongol people. Basically, everyone to the east were the Tartars. Anyone of, of slightly Chinese-looking descent were the Tartars. Sounds very racially fueled. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm not surprised it didn't, it didn't stick. Actually, I am surprised... It didn't stick, but moving on. Oh, it did stick for a couple, for, for about a thousand years or so. I mean, it stuck, Never mind. it stuck pretty good. It stuck pretty good for a while. I retract um, my uh, my optimism in Western sensitivity. Yeah, yeah. So he sent William over to, to convert the Tartars to Christianity, obviously because we need more uh, uh, people to throw at this sweet, sweet crusading. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's get on it. We're going to convert them to Christianity. They're going to fight the dirty Muslims, and we're going we're gonna to win this war, damn it. And so off our man goes on this. So imagine the picture of the map, and now we're drawing the little dashed lines, and he's on his little plane or his caravan. He's heading east, baby. He's heading east. He stops in Constantinople. Uh, that's stop one. 
uh, to, to meet up with them there and kind of say hi. And then they're like, hey, no, uh, they're that away. Uh, also, they're, they're not called the Tartars. They're called the Mongols. Uh, and you want to make sure you know that because around this same time, uh, out of the hills were coming uh, what would be known as the Golden Horde. Okay. Now, um, now, how much do you know about the Golden Horde, Spencer? I, you know, I don't think I know anything about the Golden Horde. If I had to make an assumption, something, something, sugar smacks frog. Okay. All right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that's wrong, but I am going to say that that is not relevant to what we're talking about. The Golden Horde was uh, the largest contiguous land empire in history. Uh, the Golden Horde are the are the the descendants of Genghis Khan and all of his fun uh, fun military uh, was conquests. Genghis, so dur- was was my boy GK running around? Not a very catchy. Was he running around at this time? No, and it, it is Genghis Genghis Khan. It is uh, Genghis. He, he, Genghis, well, yes. Ch- I feel like technically a fool. you can get really 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 eh, about it and go Genghis. But Genghis tends to be the, the pronunciation we land on. Uh, okay, no, so... Genghis, the great Khan had long since died. We are now on his, I believe, grandnephew. Don't hold me to it. Uh, it's either one of his direct grandsons or one of his grandnephews. Now, uh, we're, we're, we're about 30 to 40 years after the great Khan's passing. Now, now, following his passing, I was under the assumption, a loose assumption, that his empire essentially fell apart once he was gone. No, uh, Chinggis Khan, uh, it, while it was not ever led with the same gusto that it was under the Great Khan, uh, no, the Mongol Empire survived for, for a long, long time after Chinggis Khan. Uh, most notable uh, Khan afterwards that people would know, Kublai Khan, uh, who was essentially a hybrid Khan and slash emperor of China for a while. Uh, but yeah, no, they, they kind of kept kicking until right up until World War One. The, hmm. the Mongol Empire was still a very, very, very real thing. Um, but again, you're, you're, you're forgiven for not knowing that, that it didn't fall apart under Genghis Khan because nobody really talks about him after that. But we are now in the period of uh, Monk Khan, M-O-N-K-E, Monk Khan. Uh, now, he is the great Khan. And the, some things you need to know about the Mongol culture going into this. So the Mongolians were a, a very, very nomadic people by nature. Uh, mm-hmm. Genghis Khan was probably the first to, was definitely the first to unify them as a culture and, and send them on their way as an empire. And he did that by basically riding conquest to conquest to conquest, never really settling down. They didn't have the concepts of cities. Um, they were basically just living out of tent villages as they went and they'd pick up and move to the next point of conquest. And, yeah, yeah. and they survived because despite their, 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 you know, penchant for murdering just everybody that got in their way, um, they were probably the best statesmen of this era. Uh, Genghis Khan learned how to rule an empire better than basically anybody until the modern era, and probably even better than us. Uh, he was able to keep a, a land empire that ranged from the Black Sea all the way to the Volga River, uh, so for, for lack of a better word, from the Pacific Ocean on China all the way to Hungary. Take everything in those two lines... Genghis Khan ruled that. That's a big chunk of pizza. Let me tell and you. This, yeah, let me, go let, ahead. Me, let, me, let me tell you what I know about the Mongol Empire because I took a class called the the Horse through Art, Science, and Literature, and and good. that's good to see that our education system's working. And that's I was gonna say that's thirty minutes on its own. But uh, my my final paper for that class was a ten page paper on how the Mongolian Empire would have just collapsed without horses. So uh, let me tell you what I know. They love their horses. 
All right, moving on. And that is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. The horses enable them to be uh, their their mastery of horses enable them to uh, to ride quickly. Uh, they uh, the, the the German translation of their style of warfare is what evolved into the Blitzkrieg. Uh, that is how they fought. They fought fast. They fought quick. They got in. They got out. They didn't really dilly dally. Um, and that was thanks to horses, so that is absolutely true. And it's um, interesting that they, they treated their horses more or less just like mobile furniture in that they didn't groom them whatsoever. Just you no. had a horse, and not to mention you didn't even feed it. You just let it do its own thing out in the field. And, like, the horse would get deathly sick and skinny in the winter, and then come spring it would be ready to go. Also, they ate their horses frequently. That's oh, about absolutely. It. That's me flexing all of my Mongol knowledge. All right, Nathan. Educate okay. me. Okay, good, good. So, uh, the thing that made the Mongol Empire unique in this time period, because as we know, going on uh, a little bit to the west, there are those whole crusades things where basically everyone is murdering each other over whose god is best. Uh, mm-hmm. The Mongol Empire was a very, very inclusive empire. It, it, it was consisted of Christians, Muslims, and Buddhists, basically an equal portion all rolled up underneath the already Mongol religious theory of the god is the great blue sky, uh, a very pagan kind of pantheistic, everything is, the mountain is god, and all of there are gods all around us kind of thing. Pretty Uh, goddamn chill. Wish that stuck around. Pretty goddamn chill, yeah. And more importantly, they kind of just let everyone else believe it. There were a lot of, a lot of the Khan's wives were Christians, their Muslim clerics were, had free reign, because their empire encompassed such a wide variety of people. If you're going to rule them effectively, you need to let them be themselves, or they're all, you're going to revolt. And that's how they kept such a large empire for so long. Uh, now this is relevant only because of what's coming next. I, I, I don't just want to give you a boring history lesson on the Mongolian Empire. So, back to William. William is stomping his ass into Karkorum, which is the first Mongol capital. It is, it is the big, the first time that they, after Genghis Khan died, his son had a lot of money and didn't know what to do with it. He said, I want to build buildings because those are cool. And so he built a capital. Uh, they're uncomfortable there. They don't really know what to do with it, but that's where they are. So William marches his happy ass east to Karkorum and uh, wants to get himself a, a you know, a, a audience with the, with the Khan, as you do. Of course. How does that go? Uh, again, surprisingly well. So William is invited in as a, as a friar. The, the Mongols obviously have made contact with Western Europe. They're aware of them. They don't really deal with their bullshit, but they know they're there. Um, and they have a large trading empire, so anyone that they can bring into the fold, well, you know, let the commerce is king, let's go. Um, William entered the city and began investigating the claims that he had been sent to investigate. Uh, among these claims were uh, some things we need to clear up. So at this point, medieval Europe knew basically nothing about their Mongol neighbors. Uh, and all the things they did knew came from classical authors such as Salinas and Isidore of Seville. Now, if you've ever read your Salinas, you know that those writings were popular amongst, you know, kind of like mythology groups. And that's because there were these exotic races of monsters and freaks that populated basically everything east of modern Europe. Uh, Races like the Sekenfli, which were people with dog heads. Uh Uh-huh. And a race of autopods, which they didn't feel the need to put in parentheses, because we all know what autopods are. No, uh, no, 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 no. They were the sequel to Bionicle. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, so basically, that was reported as fact, that that was a... You go east of the, the Mississippi, and holy cow, they're just dog monsters out there. Basically, y'all remember 300? Y'all remember, like, the giant, like, monsters that Xerxes was throwing <laughs> at our, our oiled-up Greek boys? 
Oh, That's yeah. what everyone thought was east of east of you know modern Europe. That's all you were gonna get. God, and so that movie was, that movie taught me that history can be sexy. History can definitely be sexy if you if you lie about it enough. Uh, so Rubrik was basically kind of bummed when he got there and realized that that wasn't true. Uh, he's looking around and at, genuinely asking people at court where these people are and where are the dog-headed man and where are your Autobots rollout. Um, and they all rightfully kind of looked at him and went, oh, it's adorable. You're an idiot. And so at this point, they've brought him in and, and we're going to talk to Good William. So the Mongolians had a very, very simplistic view of international politics. Uh, that view was... The world had been given to the Mongols, and everybody else better get in fucking line. I, that sounds kind of familiar, and I can't place my finger on it. Mm, uh, yeah, the difference was is they are the ones that best enacted that. Because, again, largest contiguous land empire in history. Uh, so basically, at this time, if you were a, a another rival nation, they acknowledged you existed, but they just assumed you hadn't heard that the Mongols were here and expected you to bow down and bend the knee, bitch. Because daddy's home and daddy doesn't play. Now, how does William cop to that? William is terrified because, again, the army of, like, skulls and shit like that was a little bit, uh, a little bit, I mean, they, 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 they conquered all of East Asia, of Asia. I mean, they, they, they didn't fuck around. So, yeah, William was rightfully uh, supplicant to the Khan. He knew that he could basically be murdered at a moment's notice. And he also remembered what his mission was. I'm here to re- recruit these guys to fight in the Crusades. Now, obviously, he got a little worried about that when he looked around and saw that the uh, Christians were living next to the Muslims, who were also living next to the Buddhists, and was confused why they hadn't all murdered each other yet. So he was... William had a lot of stuff going on in his brain when he met the Khan. He was, this is... This is all wrong. What do you... What You, you don't hate each other because... You, ah, this is bullshit. Basically. So at this, that's the context that William has when he decides to, to mosey on up to court and, and meet with the Khan. Now, the Khan knew that William was a, a Christian. Uh, he was familiar with Christianity, and he, he wanted to make sure that William was, was greeted by their religious scholars. So he brought his group of clerics with him. There was a, a traditional Mongol cleric, a Buddhist cleric, and a Muslim cleric in addition to uh, the Khan himself. There was no Christian on the, the court at the time because they didn't think they needed one. They had William. So at this point, we, we begin to, to, to ask questions of William. Uh, and the, 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 first, the first question that William got asked is, so what are you here for? And William got a little confused. I, I mean, so am I, frankly. I, I feel As, like his mission is, is pretty explicit. It is. It is. And so William kind of looked around and said, I, am, I, I, I come to you with, with the word of God. I, I come. I, I have. I, I have the word of God. I didn't know if you guys had heard that yet. I've. I've come to spread it. And the Mongols looked at them and went, "Mm-hmm." So what's that good word? And William proceeded to apparently stammer out something, something, something. You must love your God. Christians love their God. Uh, now, here's the thing I have trouble with. If your job is to go over, you got sent by King Louis the Ninth, who is a saint under under. Catholicism. He is a full-on saint. And your whole job was you're going to convert these guys. You didn't have a better speech prepared. That's... Yeah, I mean, they didn't win me over. That second-hand account. And this is all coming from William's journals. William admits rightfully that he did not do well in this initial encounter. That it did not go good. Yeah, no. This is not second-hand. This is William saying, yeah, no, it didn't go good. Uh, 
And so, obviously, the Christians within uh, the, the Mongol community were not your standard Catholic Christians. They obviously had a little bit of a difference. Like, they wouldn't uh, consider Mary the mother of God, and they wouldn't show Christ on the cross because it was against uh, Mongol culture to show death and or blood. And honestly, I'm kind of okay with both of those changes. Those are both good edits in my opinion. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. The, the, yes. the nation with the army of skulls has an issue with the portrayal of death? Yes. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Fascinating. It's, uh, you know, just because you got to kill someone doesn't mean you like it. I, I, okay, I highly disagree. They didn't enjoy murder, but, uh, you know, you know, that's fine. That's fine. We'll yeah, dial you know, they, 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 did their, they did their thing. They publicly trampled enemies to death as, as like a, as a torture. But they did that because they did not want to dishonor them by spilling their blood, which they considered far worse. So if you slit a guy's throat, that's dishonorable. That's if fair. If you stomp him to death, all his blood stays inside, and you don't spill it on the ground, that's just, an honorable death. That just seems, it's like, okay, in concept seems true, but I mean, I've stepped on an orange. It doesn't just, like, die inside. It's a very, it's very uh, squishy, very puddly death. Well, that's why you wrap them up first. You wrap I didn't them up re- and then you stomp them. Didn't realize we wrapped them up in mummy linens and then, and oh, then yeah, stomped on them. you wrapped them up in a bag. You wrapped them up in a bag. Sometimes oh. they would bury them under the floor and then they would crush them to death. And Oh, God in- damn it. Yeah, well, yeah. One, one, one good story was they, they they buried them underneath a makeshift. They, like, built a floor on top of these guys and then held a party for, like, a day and a half. What and just slowly fuck? but sl- surely crushed them while they ate we- and, and danced and all this other stuff. We- it was it was great. Oh, these tunes are just banging. Do you hear something screaming endlessly? No, 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 no. By the way, don't want to spill gl- Like, I don't want to spill blood on the ground, but I will, in fact, make my enemy's blood the ground. Yeah, yeah. It, there's a little Look. bit of... It, once, 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 the, once Genghis died, uh, we, we kind of ran... Genghis was very more adherent to the no-torturing thing. His, his kids and grandkids were kind of a little more fucked up. Uh, but back to William, and back to, back to our, our story. Uh, so... William knew that this was not going well when the Muslim cleric immediately jumped out uh, and said to his response of, well, the Christian belief is that you must love God. The Muslim response was, who doesn't love God? And Rubric replied, well, those who don't follow his commandments don't love God. And then the Mongol cleric jumped in and decided to go, mm, have you been to heaven to get the commandments from God? How do you know what, the, what, what God commands? And then he kind of started panicking and uh, uh, backed up and went, uh, uh, but I, and then the Mongol cleric pushed him further directly and said, so you're telling me that the Khan, and like pointed to his right, does not love God. And at this point, William had to know that he was kind of fucked because this is not going well. Uh, you're getting your ass handed to you. I'm just wondering how William's severed, mangled head managed to write these journals later in the story. It's a valid question. So... The Khan also recognized that this was not going well. Uh, and Rubric was kind of thrown off because he admitted that he was not used to debating theology with those that did not already accept all the precepts of Catholic Christianity, which makes you a shitty debater. Yeah. Yeah. You, hey, hey communication. Communication's my job, but I do, in fact, suck at it. And you know what? It's okay to admit that sometimes. If your whole thing is, I'm here to convert you to a different religion, I refuse to uh, accept the concept that you don't accept my religion. I'm confused now. I've never run into much resistance until now, and, uh, well, frankly, I'm embarrassed. I'm, I'm kind of confused. Also, what's the Buddhist guy doing? Oh, he's just meditating. Well, that's kind of chill. Huh, we don't really do that where I'm from. No, no, a lot more murder. Uh, so, so the Khan recognized it wasn't going well, and being the Khan, suggested 
that everybody go home, write down their arguments, and come back for a formal debate. Now, that's an interesting... That's You know what? These cons, I think... I don't think we give them enough credit. They sound pretty level-headed. I've, I'm giving them all sorts of credit. I think the cons are... I would, I would take a con right now. Uh, especially Monk Con. Monk Con was all about this. So, ladies and gentlemen... We've got ourselves a good old-fashioned three-way Royal Rumble. It is here. Texas Tornado. Get in your corners, boys, because the Mongols loved competition. Heck in oh, a they sec. Loved competition. Let's see it happen. The Mongols loved competition. They loved it. And they organized uh, this religious debate the same way they organized their wrestling matches or any other large uh, competition that they loved. Uh, in this case, a large crowd gathered, uh, and they were there to watch a debate between the Christians... Yay, Jesus! Woo! In that corner. Uh, the Muslims. Allah, Woo! Muhammad, woo! Yay! They're holding up their signs. Uh, and the Buddhists. Not a, not a super vocal, not a super vocal crowd. They're, yeah, they're there. They're there, though, damn it. And they're it's more they're, hand they're gestures chill. in the air. You know, it's a lot, a of, lot, a lot of, more. A lot of peace mm-hmm. signs, a lot of beads maybe being kind of like gently sh- shook in the air. Mm-hmm. A lot of, lot of large, bald, fat men just chilling. Yeah, just being uh, there. Just being there. Uh, but not really fucking up anyone else's shit, and you appreciate that. No, you, yeah, no, 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 no. The presence so, just speaks volumes. Exactly. And those are our teams. They are being judged by a panel of three judges, uh, one judge from each of the major religions. God, it's really coming together. This is really a pay-per-view match. It is exactly that. We have, we have it. We are ready to go. So all of our combatants are there. Uh, we are given a strict set of rules uh, by the con that says, under pain of death, no one shall utter a word of contention, which in our wrestling metaphor means no trash talk. Keep okay. it clean. All right. Keep it above board. We're going to debate the issues. Uh, no one's going to fight each other. No one's going to murder each other. We are going to have a lively debate to determine whose God is better. Let's go. Huh. Now, if this sounds kind of crazy for 1254, considering that the last time I talked to you, I spoke to you about how we were sending five-year-olds over the Alps to try and murder Muslims. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it's, because this is widely considered to be the first kind of religious debate of this kind held in history. I'm okay. I don't find that hard to believe. What I'm curious about, though, is why the Khan thought it would be interesting to try and determine who was the best god when he already had a culture that was just like meshing the three together. It just, I don't know. It just kind of begs the question that you're going to piss off two thirds of your populace no matter which way this shakes out. Unless you trust your populace enough to know how this is going to turn out. Okay, fair. So, we're going to line up and find out who's best. Uh, Round one, fight. So, round one uh, was Rubric and the Muslims teamed up versus the Buddhists. Okay. Okay. That's obviously pick sides. Uh, So, obviously, the two monotheists uh, jumped up and decided they were going to get on a team and they were going to go against the Buddhists for round one. Uh, The Buddhists started off by asking how the world was made and what happens when you die. Okay. Rubric and counterpunched with wrong question, bitch. You got to start with God. God's where it all comes from. Ha! He's fucked up. That's not a valid answer. You say that. You say that. Round one. Ordered rubric. God damn it. (laughs) In their defense, that that was a valid, you know, two thirds of the group thinks that God came first. You got to start. You got to establish that before you can move on to other stuff. I I just argue you don't get to fucking answer a question with a question. This is stupid. Ah, it's, it's a debate, baby. Come on, we we gonna we gonna go. Uh, no rules, just right. All right, round exactly. two. Exactly. Now we are going 
back and forth. That was our first round. Uh, there were shifting alliances, as in any any good wrestling match. There's there's <laughs> sometimes the Muslims and the Buddhists would team up. Sometimes the Christians and the Buddhists would team. Up. It really just depended on what topic was going on that round as to who was on whose side. You couldn't tell. They were slippery. Everyone turned heel. Uh, that uh, Stone Cold came out halfway through and just stunners all around. <laughs> it was fantastic. No, it you know pyrotechnics. Someone is getting thrown off this cage, and it's it's going to be a momentous occasion. Abs- I can't wait for round six. Absolutely. Uh, they went back and forth on topics such as what happens to the souls of animals. Uh, it, what about it, reincarnation? Uh huh. Did God create evil? Right. Now, in between every round of of debate. This again, this is set up like their wrestling matches. This is how they, this was their their context for how they were going to do this. So in between every round of your wrestling match, all the combatants took a break, went to their corners, uh, went went to the cut man, did their, did their thing, <laughs> and then drank, drank deeply of the fermented mare's milk. Oh, oh, maybe I thought you were going to say fer- fermented grapes or drank deeply of the Gatorade, but... No, you just you just said the milk thing, and that's so nasty. Fermented mare's milk. Now, fermented mare's milk is a uh, a huge, huge part of Mongolian culture uh, because it's the primary ingredient in kumis, which is a highly, highly alcoholic drink used in shamanistic rituals, feasts, and other uh, courtly drinking ceremonies. So basically, these guys are are having a round of theological debate, and then going and drinking what was described as very deeply from the kumis. Before heading back to the next round. Now, I don't know if you've been to college, people, but uh, if there's one thing that makes a religious debate super interesting, it's everybody getting wasted. I, oh, God. I, which, which side starts crying first is my oh, question. No. no one starts crying, but it's fun that you ask. Uh, so we were about eight or ten rounds in, they say, uh, and Jesus. and the, the account deset, just decidedly said, no side convinced the other of anything. Yeah. Wow. It's <laughs> oh wow. If all, uh, it's a good thing we got past that in religious debates. No side convinced the other of anything. Which the theory is the Khan knew is what would happen. He knew Rubric would not convert anybody, and that no one would convert anyone. And that was the strength of his civilization was a a robust exchange of ideas where everyone could basically hold their own idea. That's fine. The trick is though is that once everyone started getting wasted, they didn't really want to play by the rules much anymore. So. They knew they couldn't hurt each other. And they knew they weren't going to change each other's mind. So they went full toddler on us. Oh, boy. I'm rubber, you're glue. Let's hear it. Let's hear uh, it. What do they do? It'll be even better. So the Christians started. Uh, once they determined that they were not going to get anywhere, the Christian camp started just singing hymns over and over as loudly as possible. So the Christians are now having a car- a drunken karaoke of whatever the 1250s hymnal is, and there mm-hmm. that's their that is their round of argument. Mm-hmm. Let's, yeah, let's hear let's hear what the other camps got to retort with. Good idea. The Muslims who don't sing. I, that's all it says. The Muslims who don't sing. I don't know why. I didn't know that was a thing. I I had no idea that stereotype existed or whatever. But apparently the <laughs> Muslim don't Charlie don't surf and Muslims don't sing. So fun, fun times for everybody. Uh, the Muslims who didn't sing started reciting the Quran as loudly as possible to try and drown out the Christian singing. <laughs> what are the Buddhists going to do that's louder than that? Nothing. The Buddhists do what the Buddhists always do. They sat in the corner and silently meditated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's exactly what they would have done. 
The Buddhists silently meditated. So you have the Christians <laughs> just drunk in karaoke. Sweet Caroline. Oh, oh, oh. And then the, I, don't, I don't have any Koran verses pulled aside, but just, you know, thou shalt do something or another, over and over. And then the Buddhists just sitting in the corner going, these fucking assholes. This, this always happens. God damn it. Um, and, and that was, oh my that was, God, it's we, like, a, it's like a drunken lead up to a divorce. I just, mm-hmm. oh boy. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm on board. This is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And, uh, that unfortunately though, that is kind of the end at the end of the debate, uh, Jesus both sides were Christ. unable to convince or kill one another. And so the greatest event, uh, the greatest religious debate in, in history, at least to this time ended like almost all Mongol celebrations did. With everyone too shit faced to continue, <laughs> everyone got incredibly drunk and fell asleep after screaming at one another for too long. Okay, so so uh, no no Mongols on board for the crusade then. No, no. Uh, the 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 P.S. the epitaph to this story that I didn't include in the original, but uh, it 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 is the. At the end of the next week or so, the Mongol, basically, the great Khan, pulled William back and said, okay, I'm sending you back to Louis the Ninth, and here's what you're going to go tell them. Uh, no, we're not going to crusade with you, because that's stupid. Uh, also, because we're going to come kill all of you anyway, so it really doesn't matter. Um but he had a more he had a more eloquent point when it came to religion in that he said, uh, I believe the exact quote was, God gave man many different paths as of the fingers on a man's hand. And, you know, uh, the Muslim faith is a, a finger and the Christian faith is a finger, the Buddhist faith and the great, the, the, the Mongol beliefs are a finger. Everyone has their own ways of doing things. That's what makes it the world go round. Don't try and change that. Uh, then he also did say, though, Damn. Yeah, no, no. The con was the con was what's lit as fuck. I mean, I, the con is just a great dude. But P.S. Your mom gay. Yeah, he said. He said. But by the way, your your whole thing that your god gave you know the god gave the Mongols are shamans and we follow what they say and that's how we live our life. God gave you your scriptures and based on what I've seen from you since you've been here, you guys follow none of them. So you should probably get your own house in order before you start trying to bring us into your mess. For fuck's sake, this is the most poignant. I want to believe this is all true. Uh, Good. Most of it, I, can, I, will, I will link you my sources. Almost all of this. So, so William of Rubric's account is considered wildly the most accurate account of the Western's you know, encounter with Mongol culture. Uh, Marco Polo's is generally considered to be nonsense, made up tabloid bullshit. But, but this is widely considered to basically be exactly what happened. And this was why the, the Mongol Empire was, was considered the founding of modern civilization because they were the first ones to realize, hey, religious tolerance should be a thing. We should do that. Now, if you, okay, if you ask me, it's, it's impressive that, that, and maybe this is, maybe this is them being ignorant to when they're the bad guys of a story. Maybe this is just, who knows, maybe this is just being honesty. Uh, it's impressive to me that William, being the biggest bitch of that story, told it all that truthfully. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that. That is why William gets gets credited a lot with it. Uh, now, there's I, I obviously have left some parts of William's tale out um, that that don't you know don't don't where he exaggerated basically anything where he kind of told told it up. I, I kind of left on the cutting room floor because that's not interesting. Uh, but yeah, he also thought that all of the Christians there were heretics. Uh, I mean, it, for what he sure. told, it sounded it, I'm sure it sounded very good to to Louis uh, and and everyone when he came back home, but. To modern modern ears, yeah, yeah, he basically punked out for what he told the French king, who, as we know, are notoriously hard to impress. 
Yeah, no, no, yeah, that was, uh, that was, yeah, Louis the, the Ninth was, was way more on board with hating all the other religions. He was super on board with crusading, whereas his, uh, uh, what, I don't even his, remember his the... His predecessor, other. Philip. Yeah, Philip II, that's right, Philip Augustus. Uh, yeah, he was very, he, he kind of bitched out of the crusades. Louis was super, he burned all the Jewish books and, uh, uh made it like illegal to be Muslim. Like he he was super into crusading. So yeah, this was this was right up his alley. Just sounds just sounds like a cool guy, cool guy all around. Um well Nathan, uh I wanna thank Driftless Pony Club for allowing us to use their song They Were Buffalo on the Ark off the album Cholera as our theme song. Uh Cholera in general, fantastic album. I'd recommend the song Flip the Lever off of it. It's a good one. Uh, in addition, you can find us on Spotify. If you want to just get a hold of us or stay up to date on when episodes might be delayed or if you're getting a bonus one, uh, follow us on Twitter. That's at cock and bull pod. That's cock and bull pod. Uh, what else? What else? Am I forgetting something else? I don't uh, think leave so. a review. No reviews. No reviews. Uh, if for whatever reason you absolutely hate when I tell this side of the story, go ahead and leave that in the review so I'll know whether or not to keep doing it or uh, just let Spencer keep going on his wild adventures. Now, see, here's the thing. Uh, if that is an opinion, I value it. Uh, I value it. I value our, our fine customers who are who are paying such a dear $5.99 a month to listen to this podcast. Yes, yes. Um, but that being said... I thoroughly enjoy not only not having to work as hard on these ep- as on these episodes, but I enjoy this podcast actually being a genuine educational experience for once, coming from someone who has a degree, <laughs> as opposed to as opposed to someone who just generally bullshits his way through every subject uh, with some half-assed notes. So, uh, Nathan, I just want to let you know I appreciate you. Oh, well, that's that's what I'm here for. Now, don't get it wrong; my notes are extremely half-assed, extremely, extremely half-assed. Yeah, but you just off the top of your dome, like schooled me on mongolian culture and uh, and that's not it's not something you get dome, from me i spent the last like week and a half reading like a 600 page book on the rise of the mongolian empire like i, I didn't just memorize that i regurgitated it i'll forget it again in a week don't worry don't sell yourself I mean, short. you also spent a spent a handful of years in a college learning all these many things and immersing I didn't yourself learn in the shit fine about the mongolians world. in college you learned more in your horses and history class about the mongolians than i did yeah oh that was a good class i missed that class i got to go to a farm and pet horses towards the end of the year that was good you, you could just come to my house and pet horses i don't know why you're going so far out of your way to pet horses motherfucker you have horses i thought you just had like abandoned chevy novas and well and no, the occasional yeah, dude drive dirt down pile. the road there's drive down the road there's like a, a field of cows on one side and then a field of adorable mini horses on the other side you can just go pet a horse if you feel like it this is how we get shotgun pellets in our leg and uh, uh run fast bitch let's go <laughs> stay tuned next week bye-bye